It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Just not a good day for Tennessee football on Thursday. Isaiah Nair flips his commitment from Tennessee to Texas. What's the latest with Jeremy Banks at linebacker? Plus, Vols in review. We will talk coaching in segment two, and then we'll get you set for LSU, a rematch between Tennessee and the Tigers coming up on Saturday. This is your Friday Locked on Vols. You are Locked on Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, welcome into it. This is your Friday edition of Locked On Ball. So glad to have you guys along for the ride. A successful day one of YouTube. For all you guys that checked that out on YouTube, that have subscribed to YouTube, thank you so much. Don't worry if you haven't, there's still time. From here on out, every single episode is going to be available on YouTube for uh, your listening pleasure. All right, or for your watching pleasure, rather. And, of course, it's still there at, at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else you get your listening podcast from. Uh, I am your host, Eric Kane. So glad to have you guys along for the ride. We've got, uh, like I said in the cold open, some you know, some news we got to get to from segment one. On Thursday, Isaiah Nair, Jeremy Banks. We'll get a basketball preview to conclude the show. And then we'll talk about coaching. And really, segments one and two are going to kind of go hand in hand because when we're discussing not being able to close with Isaiah Nair, you know, what's the latest with his situation? A lot of that goes into coaching and now Josh Heupel does on the recruiting trail. So that kind of goes hand in hand, but that's kind of what we're doing here on a Friday. Don't forget uh, to uh, dial in every single week and make Locked On Vols your first listen. We'll go ahead and get started right now. So, Isaiah Nair, he was the once upon a time a two-star wide receiver, came from Texas. He's from Arlington, Texas. Six foot two, about two tens. What he's grown into. Had a breakout year in 2021 with Wyoming. Once hit the transfer portal after about 39 receptions, 12 touchdowns, and with Tennessee losing Javante Payton. He is the perfect fit to take his spot on the outside, right? He's the perfect fit to line up opposite of Cedric Tillman to stretch the field vertically. He's got great, you know, yards per reception. He's a big play mentality guy. So when Tennessee picked up his commits a couple weekends ago, that was huge. And, you know, at the time, I kind of wondered because he had not visited Tennessee just yet. He went ahead and committed. And the thought was all along that he wanted to be closer to home, okay? He is a, a Texas boy from Arlington, Texas, like I said. And now with the commitment to Texas, it makes a whole lot of sense. But he came on and he committed to Tennessee. He visited Tennessee last weekend officially. Just days prior, he went on an official visit to Ole Miss. And so it's never like he really made up his mind with the University of Tennessee. Since leaving T Tennessee this past weekend, he went to Texas this past week, and of course, earlier on Thursday morning, made the uh, flip, announced it on social media, said, let's go, signed and ready to go. Uh, he flipped from Tennessee to Texas. So, it's unfortunate. Tennessee's not had a great wave in the transfer portal, not had a lot of success this go-around uh, in the transfer portal. 
Tennessee brought in Gerald Mincy at offensive tackle back in December, and that's that's a get because Tennessee needs an offensive tackle, but there's no guarantees he's going to be the starter. He'll be competing with J.J. Crawford and Dane Davis for that spot. But Tennessee's bread and butter was, hey, you know, we don't have a whole lot of spots to fill. So Tennessee's going to self-impose uh, some scholarships. think it's more or less closer to 10 than 5. There's not really a, a number right now. P- some people said this number. Some people said that number. We don't know the exact number. But Tennessee's self-imposing some scholarships right now. So the numbers are limited. Yeah, just because you see this player and this player and this player hit the transfer portal, that doesn't necessarily mean Tennessee can just go grab some people. All right, It's not the same situation as last offseason. But what was big for Tennessee was it went out and got an impact player at a position of need and a player that you know a lot of programs around the country wanted. That's not the case anymore. So Tennessee now, when you look at that offense, still got your quarterback coming back. Still got your top wide receiver coming back in Cedric Tillman. Still have four of your five offensive lines. Still have your two tight ends. And still have your top running back. That's great. But now, you're kind of looking at saying, well, where's another explosive guy? Where's another a game-changing type player that's going to be in this offense like Isaiah Nair could have been? So, it's a little bit unfortunate. Isaiah Nair flips his commitment from Tennessee uh, to Texas. And you got to think the name, image, and likeness has something to do with it. There's no secret. The boosters at Texas, the boosters at Texas A&M, they've got some deep pockets. They do. And with the era that we're in with name, image, and likeness, it's not like Tennessee didn't have a deal for him. Tennessee was going to, you know, had a nice little name, image, and likeness deal set up for him here, just like some other top prospects. But Texas says it was probably better. And that's, that's going to be the theme from here on out. Name, image, and likeness will play a major role in recruiting, both via the, the prep athletes and via the transfer portal. Everybody wanting name, image, and likeness, and I am for name, image, and likeness. I think everybody has uh, the, the right to profit off your name, your image, and your likeness. But with the good comes the bad, and this is maybe considered the bad. You know, programs stealing away prospects from other from other programs because they might have a better name, image, and likeness. Now, I don't know the numbers. I don't know the numbers on Tennessee's side. I don't know the numbers on Texas' side in regarding to Isaiah Nair, but you know that he has NIL deals at both schools. You know that a lot of these top prospects, especially in the high school realm, will choose, will dictate where they go to school based off name, image, and likeness. That's just, it's here, it's par for the course. It's not going anywhere, so we best get used to it. Uh, but it is unfortunate because Tennessee lost Isaiah Nair, a guy that I think could have really, really, really benefited uh, in this Tennessee offense with Josh Heupel and with Hendon Hooker. So what do you do now? Well, got to hit the drawing board again. Tennessee's got to go find some help, right? Um, One other thing from Thursday. Thursday morning at about 9 a.m., Jeremy Banks posted kind of a cryptic uh, Instagram story. On that story, it's since been deleted. On that story, he said, I honestly believe that I'm the fastest and most athletic linebacker in the 2022 draft class. And check the stats for production. Couple of Z emojis, eagle flying emoji, and then humbly was his signature. So what's that mean? You know, we mentioned uh, earlier this week that you know Jeremy Banks, uh, he was never really uh, the rumors started flying late. The cutoff for uh, for underclassmen to put their name to file their paperwork for uh, the NFL draft that was Monday at midnight. There were some rumors coming in late, late that Jeremy Banks was thinking about potentially doing that, but hadn't seen him make an announcement. Hadn't really seen it from anywhere else, and so you thought that that was kind of, that was really not going to be anything. Well, 
he put out this thing on his Instagram story that's since been deleted. It's got to make you think. You got to make you wonder. And people I've spoken to, and, and, and I'm sure you've seen this online as well, maybe Friday is when we're going to get kind of a word because I'm pretty sure that the general managers in the National Football League will get an official list on Friday of the underclassmen who have filed their paperwork, and then maybe we'll know then. But right now, the future of Jeremy Banks on the Tennessee football team, and, and nothing to him. You know, I know that he's he's jeopardized that status off the field with his incidences early on in his career, but he's, he's kept his head down. He's He's been a fine teammate and a fine player since. But his status with the Tennessee football team is very much in jeopardy right now, and that's something we got to pay attention to. So over the weekend, coming into Monday, we might have news that Jeremy Banks potentially filed his papers and entered the NFL draft. At least that's what his Instagram story said. Maybe he got the years mixed up. Maybe he's looking ahead talking about the 2022 college football season and thinking of that draft. Maybe he just put that out there, didn't think anything of it. Maybe he was just comparing himself. We don't know. It's kind of been dark. No one knows. I've asked around him. I've I've tried to dig through this. No one really knows. But he did put out a story on his Instagram, this being Jeremy Banks. And again, with a quote that says, I honestly believe I am the fastest and most athletic linebacker in the 2022 draft class. And check the stats for production. It's since been deleted. So that's something we've got to pay attention to because when you're talking about Tennessee's defense coming back in 2022, oh boy, oh boy, if you don't have Jeremy Banks, who again, I've been all over the road with him. I think he has improved. I think he's turned into a nice linebacker. still think he's got such a high ceiling and so much more room to grow, become even a better player. He does stupid stuff. He gets you penalized for, for stupid stuff in between plays, after plays, all that and more. But there's no doubt about it. Coming back, he is Tennessee's most important player in the middle of that defense. And if Tennessee's defense loses him where they're already shallow and hurt in the secondary, losing guys up front, that will not 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 be good. So hopefully some more information will come out of that over the weekend. Maybe this is nothing, but I wanted to tell you guys, in case you didn't see it, I don't want you to be bombarded by this if this were to happen over the weekend. Reports come out, Jeremy Banks enters the NFL draft because rumors were flying late Monday and then this Instagram story on Thursday morning. So wanted you guys uh, to be prepared. So not the best day for Tennessee football on Thursday. Of course, there's been some good. There's been some bad. A lot of people want to beat up on hype, and we'll talk about this more in segment two. But don't forget, this staff closed very, very well in the early signing period on that last day. Right now, as it stands, Tennessee's 2022 signing class, 11th in the country. Because Tennessee closed. We'll get more into that here in just a moment. But just don't forget, if Tennessee let go of Isaiah Nair, it is what it is. But it's not like Tennessee staff hasn't been doing work, you know, in this class already. So uh, more on that in a moment. Vols in review. That's coming up here with coaching in segment two. But first, this is it. The putt to win the championship. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financing software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade, and you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and a whole lot more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow, and it's all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses have increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and for the new year, NetSuite has got a new financing program for those ready to upgrade, and it's at netsuite.com slash locked. So head on over to netsuite.com slash locked 
for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that is netsuite.com slash locked. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back into a Friday edition of Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane, at underscore Kane, or on Twitter, at Locked On Vols. If you're new to the show, welcome to it. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Vols, Odyssey app, YouTube, or Odyssey app Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or watching this episode now on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe to that. would help out this podcast, help out me a whole lot. So really, really do appreciate that. Uh, Let's go ahead and pick up on our conversation from segment one, talking about how there's a lot of fire for a lot of upset fans, a lot of, uh, you know, angry keyboard typers on Twitter, on the message boards because of the Isaiah Nair flip from Tennessee to Texas. Hey, it it is what it is. It sucks. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say this isn't a big deal. This is a huge deal. I had Ramon Foster of 104.5 The Zone, of course, VFL, a 10-year NFL veteran with the the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, a friend of the show here on Locked Off Balls. We'll get him on soon. You know, he reached out to me saying, hey, man, how big of a deal is this? I'm like, dude, this sucks. I mean, it really, really does. What the potential for Isaiah Nair in this offense with Josh Heupel, with Cedric Tillman, uh, and of course with Hendon Hooker, I mean, it was it was through the roof, right? And, and that was a big need because you needed to replace the production of, obviously, Javonta Payton because that's going to be the same position, but also to supplant the production from Bayless Jones in the slot because you're losing those two guys. For as much since he has coming back, you're losing those two guys. So... A lot of people were upset about how hype will allow that to happen. Well, let's not forget how quick we do forget. And of course, we live in a what have you done for me now lately world. I get that. But let's go back. Let's look at this class of 2022, December 15th through 17th, with Tennessee closed on three players that were huge. Number one, running back Justin Williams. It was ten- He was a West Virginia commit for so long. It was Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Then, oh, about 48 hours outside of the early signing day period beginning, Auburn came pushing hard, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty sure I told you guys on this podcast, but, you know, really that, okay, so the early signing period began on Wednesday morning at like, you know, 6 a.m. or whatever. That Tuesday afternoon, it was trending Auburn. I mean, if you would have asked me Tuesday afternoon, I would have told you Auburn was going to get them. But then as the night unfolded and you got closer to 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night, it was, okay, he's back at Tennessee. He's going to sign with Tennessee. So you reeled in Justin Williams. You hold on to him, a four-star uh, running back. All right, that was huge. You get Tyree West, who was a former number one, uh, a former one top one hundred overall prospect, a former Georgia commit, a really really nice defensive uh, alignment prospect, and a guy that I think Rodney Gardner can do a whole lot with. You reeled him in. That was a big get on early signing day, and then later in the afternoon you got James Pierce, a guy that Tennessee's been after for quite some time, a guy that you thought was going to hold off until the February signing period, but Tennessee was able to get him there. So those are three huge players, three wins Tennessee picked up on day one of the early signing period that helped propel this class, as it stands right now, number 11 per rivals. And I know you look at ESPN, look at 24-7, you look at on three, they're all going to be a little bit different. But per rivals, the outlet that I'm a part of, number 11 in the country. So 
you know, it is what it is. And I'm critical too. Hey, I, you guys know me. You guys know me very well. Uh, you listen to this show every day. I'm very critical, sometimes too critical. It comes with the territory. It is what it is. But don't forget what the staff already did in closing and bringing in some of those prospects in the early signing period. Obviously, today or yesterday, Isaiah Nair flips from Tennessee to, uh, you know, to to Texas, and is what it is what it is. And so we'll see how Tennessee responds. If Tennessee will go out and bring somebody else in through the portal, numbers are tight. Will Tennessee close with the prep period very quickly? Will Will Tennessee get a couple of defensive linemen to come in? We'll have to see. All that's going to unfold here in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Plus, with the, with the transfer portal, there are some guys that Tennessee's evaluating right now who are already enrolled in their respective school, but in the portal, and they're going to do spring semester and then and then go somewhere else. So Tennessee very much could get some guys after the spring semester. So let's move on. Vols and review coaching. Let's get back to the, to what's on the you know the point of the game is to win games right. Uh, Tennessee, very, very successful in year number one with Josh Heibel. You went from three and seven, you flipped the script, went seven and five in the regular season. Okay. You beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. All right. Um, you still lost some games to your biggest rivals in lopsided fashion, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, though you led in every single ball game. And though in points in times, yeah, it was a, it was a touchdown game in the fourth quarter against Alabama about midway through that fourth quarter. Then they took off. Georgia, you, you, you had a lead in the first quarter. Uh, you, you exited quarter one into quarter two, leading against Georgia. Um, Florida, you took the lead there in the first quarter and, and was a ball game for half the game. So you need to get more sustainable in those games. I, I hear you, and we'll talk about that all offseason. Tennessee could have won Ole Miss, didn't. Tennessee could have won Pittsburgh, didn't. So had chances really to win all five games. No, I'm not saying Tennessee should have beat Alabama or Georgia. I'm not saying that. But Tennessee had chances in every single game. So, 7-5 and five regular season, job well done. You fall in the Music City Bowl. It is what it is. Very frustrating. Uh, Tennessee was down a couple star players, as was Purdue. Let's not forget that. But it is what it is. He's the winner. Josh Heupel's the winner of the Steve Spurrier first year um, you know, head coaching award, sharing that with Shane Beamer, who had another really, really good season. So, it was easy to see coaching involves in review would get an A grade, right? On those Monday graphics that I put out there that Lance Dahl helps me out with during the season, I always grade every position, you know, quarterback, B, running back, A, offensive line, C, you know, whatever the case may be. I pretty much always gave coaching a B because coaching, you have so many decisions throughout the game to where if you miss on one, we nitpick like crazy, right? So I pretty much always gave coaching a B or a C, never never gave him a D or an F, never gave him an A, pretty much always gave him a B or a C, usually a B. There's only a couple of times this season where I'm just looking at Josh Heupel saying, whoa, what a, what a dumb play call. What a dumb series of events that was right before uh, the end of regulation in the Music City Bowl against Purdue. Well, if you if you like that, if you didn't like that, then you can't like what he did at the, before the half against Kentucky because it was the same thing, right? It is what it is. Uh, it kind of goes for it. Some of the short yardage play calling I couldn't stand all season long. Very, very vanilla, just going right up the middle. With your five foot ten, hundred ninety pound back, makes no sense. Um, sometimes wide receivers aren't running routes. Sometimes you just have to you have half the field in play, which I don't get. I don't like that. And Tennessee's not the only team that does that. Okay, I don't know if you guys have picked up on that in terms of sometimes you'll be watching Tennessee and Javante Payton on your TV screen on the bottom half of the screen. He's just standing there when it's Cedric Tillman and Bayless Jones running routes on the other side. I don't know if you've noticed that. I've noticed that Tennessee's not the only team that does that, but it still frustrates me. So there are some things here that I didn't like. But overall, how can you not give this coaching staff an A after after year one, right? Especially if you close this recruiting class uh, with a top 15 class, all things considered, 
again, I always said I was given high ball pass on the class of 2022, and I always said it was going to be tough. You know, there might be some 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 wins you have to give up on the recruiting trail in 2023, but by 2024, you best be getting this thing rolling, and we're going to have an idea of what type of recruiter Josh Heupel and staff are by the 2024 you know uh, cycle. That doesn't mean that it's a gimme for 2023, but 2022 was a gimme for me. It was. If you finish top 15. It's a heck of a job. It really, really is. There's some more things to come. But recruiting, as we all know, is is, is more. You do more recruiting than anything else in being a college football coach. More times than on the practice field. More times than coaching a ball game, certainly. It's more recruiting than hardly anything else. And so, yeah, there's been some guys in the in-state that you should have brought in. But where you are right now, this class of 2022, job well done. The... Guys via the transfer portal that you brought in that contributed to the 2021 season, job well done. You missed on one, Juwan Mitchell. Hooker, which was a Pruitt guy that he brought in, you hit on him. Peyton, you hit on him. Um, Tremblay, uh, Terry, they each had their roles. You hit on them. Uh, Juwan Mitchell, obviously, you know, TBD on what his status is with the team right now, but like I said, you know, earlier in the past couple weeks, it looks like he might be returning, but he was a miss in year one, too. But, the impacts that you got via the guys in the transfer portal for the year year one with the staff, very, very good. So where do you go from here? How do you close out this wave of the offseason? And, and, and that's TBD as well. You lost Isaiah Nayer yesterday, but can you pick somebody else up? Can you pick a couple of other guys up in the weeks and the months to come? You know, that that's to be determined. Heupel, great job. Goldish, great job. Ellerby, fine job this season considering all the injuries you had to do up front yes did the offensive line give up too many sacks of course it did that's that's got to be a point of emphasis moving forward is protecting your quarterback more but averaging over 200 yards on the ground um with with the shuffle deck and injuries here injuries there job well done receivers slow start I don't think all the overthrows from Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker at the beginning of the season were all on the quarterbacks I think a lot of that had to do with the receivers I think Cody Burns, I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't big fans of Cody Burns. I mean, I thought he did okay. I thought he did okay. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. I thought he got better as the season went on. Rodney Garner, enough said. You see that transition for the defensive line. Still got a ways to go, and he'll tell you that too. Um, Brian John Marie, I think, even though it was bad, especially bad the last four or five games of the season, what Brian John Marie did at linebacker this year, he did more with less than I'll say probably anybody in the country. Playing three guys, Jeremy Banks, who turned into a pretty good linebacker, Aaron Beasley, and Solon Page. Those are the three guys Tennessee played at linebacker this year. And the production that you got from those guys, pretty remarkable, especially not being able to play anybody else. And then in the secondary, Tim Banks and Willie Martinez struggled a lot at times. But here's the thing. I think Tim Banks' hands were tied a lot of the time simply because the personnel that he has um, as the years go on, I know you got to be patient. No one wants to hear that. I think you'll see more of what, if he sticks around, I think you'll see more of what Tim Banks is capable of as a play caller when he's able to do more. I think a lot of times his hand was his hands were tied, if that makes sense. It's no excuse. I think he had a bad day at the Music City Bowl, obviously. I think he ran man coverage way too much. Um, but you had to get a pass rush, right? It's all tied in, all tied in. So coaching and review, thumbs up, right? I mean, it's got to be. But it's ever-evolving, it's always changing, and we live again in a world of what have you done for me lately. So you got to continue to recruit, you got to close on the recruiting trail. Defensively, you need to take some steps next year. Offensively, what you did last year, that's the expectation. Way Way to go blow your load in year one, right? But hey, that's the expectation. Can you build on that moving forward? We'll have to see. But balls in review, it's now over with. 
been doing it the last couple weeks. Been a whole lot of fun coaching. It's got to be an A. It has got to be an A. All right. Well, Tennessee basketball pick up an A effort on the courts uh, this weekend. We'll have to see. Trying to pick up, uh, trying to avenge a loss from earlier in the season at LSU. It'll be back in TBA as LSU comes to town 6 o'clock tip Saturday evening. Uh, we're going to preview that, plus a couple more announcements from Tennessee football and some other stuff in segment number three. But first, it is Bet Online. like to wish you a happy new year of betting as we continue our march throughout the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your best sports wagering this season. A new year, new updated website and mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code Locked On to get started. Promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2022 calendar year. Bet online is the fastest, it is the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it is where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, we got a final segment left here on a Friday episode of Locked On Vols. Thanks so much for tuning in, making this another successful week. The launch of YouTube this week. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Do it for the show. Don't do it for me. Do it for the show. We need subscriptions. That's at Locked On Vols on uh, YouTube. And, of course, I tweet out that link every single day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked On Vols your first listen. All right, a couple of announcements. First and foremost, as soon as I got done recording last night, editing you guys know me my premiere issues getting better getting better but as soon as i got done was ready to upload this bad boy to, to megaphone and apple podcast spotify all that type of stuff youtube Cade mays enters the uh the senior bowl Cade <laughs> mays is uh accepts an invitation to uh the senior bowl so was not going to go back and redo an episode sorry i tweeted it out but Cade mays will be in Mobile, Alabama later this month for the Senior Bowl. And that's exciting because, again, it is just, uh, it's such an amazing platform. It's not just the game, all right? It's not just the game. It's the week where NFL personnel, front office personnel, general managers, head coaches, they're there watching you practice. They're there watching you play, compete. It's the week, not just the game. It's the week. And so for Cade Mays to uh, be healthy enough to play in that, Job well done. Get that invitation. That's going to help him out a lot. He'll join uh, teammates Alante Taylor and Bayless Jones um, as Tennessee representatives at the Senior Bowl. And hopefully we'll be able to sit down and talk with those guys uh, during that week. So looking forward to that. Uh, Washington has been added to the Tennessee schedule, Tennessee football schedule for a home and home. Uh, The series will be in Knoxville uh, in the year 2029. And uh, we'll be in Seattle in the year 2030. So not sure if I'll still be at the radio station. Not sure if I'll still be with VolQuest Rivals. Not sure if I'll still be hosting this podcast. But in 2030, if we're still here on Locked On Vols, we're going to yeah, we're gonna be in Seattle. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. We'll have to meet up and hang out. So that is uh, really, really cool there. SID over Tennessee, Bill Martin. He posted this tweet after the Washington uh, home and home was announced on, uh, I guess it was Wednesday. Uh, here are the Power Five... Um, Indy opponents uh, that have been signed 
signed, sealed, and delivered uh, out of conference, you know, games coming up in the years to come. Of course, 2022, it's going to be Pittsburgh. 2023 at BYU. That's 2022 at Pittsburgh because, of course, Pittsburgh was here this past season. So we'll be in Pittsburgh next season. We'll be at BYU in 2023. Oklahoma heading to the SEC. That's in 2024. So that might change. We're not sure yet. Uh, Syracuse in Atlanta, 2025. At Nebraska. Oh, hello, 1997. At Nebraska, 2026. Home against Nebraska, 2027. West Virginia in Charlotte. That's not get, That's not going to get anybody excited. That's in 2028. Washington at home in 2029. And at Washington in 2030. So that's kind of exciting there. That's the lay of the land over the next couple of seasons. Okay, so... We got that done. We got that done. We got that done. All right, let's go ahead and get into our preview for uh, Tennessee at, or LSU at Tennessee, rather, okay? So Tennessee comes in still ranked number 24 um, in the latest uh, AP poll, which is very surprising. Thought that they would drop. Tennessee, 12-5 and on the season, 3-3 and in SEC play. Picked up its first road win in SEC play over the week. Uh, I guess it was Tuesday night, late night at Vanderbilt. Uh, LSU comes in number 13 in the country, 15 and 3, 3 and 3 in SEC play. LSU is coming into the uh, matchup losers of two straight, lost at home against Arkansas and lost on the road against Alabama on Wednesday night. Here's something you need to know, okay? So it was Tennessee and Kentucky, it was defense versus offense. Well, now against LSU, much like just a couple weeks ago when Tennessee played LSU. It's defense versus defense. Saturday's game is a matchup of the two of the nation's top five rated defenses and adjusted efficiency, according to Ken Palm. LSU's defense ranks number one, allowing just 81.3 points per 100 possessions, while Tennessee ranks number five at 88.5 points per 100 possessions. Now, Again, Tennessee's ranked number one in this Kim Palm uh, defense efficiency, defense adjusted efficiency rating before. Now it is LSU. So that's kind of the thing. It's two good defenses going to work inside TBA at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night. So uh, Tari Eason, forward, transfer forward, formerly of Cincinnati. Um, he's a leading scorer, of course, 16 points per game. That is sixth in the SEC. A couple weeks ago when Tennessee was in Baton Rouge, I say a couple weeks ago, it was, it was literally not this last, it was two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks ago by, by tomorrow, on uh, January the 8th. Uh, Easton scored 24 points and had 12 rebounds uh, during that Tennessee win. You've got point guard Xavier Pinson. He's missed the last three ball games. Not sure if he'll be able to be available and play against Tennessee on Saturday. And then forward Darius Day, very much an impactful player for LSU. Uh, he missed most of the game at Alabama this past Wednesday, exited in uh, the first half. So his status is going to be uh, very much up in the air. So last time at LSU, well, we know how that kind of went. You had uh, Tennessee rallying in the second half and eventually falling on the road at, at the time, number 21 LSU. Final score was 79-267. Kennedy Chandler led the way, 19 points. Vescovy had 14 points. Uros Plafsic had a season high at the time, 12 points. He upped that the other night with 13 points at Vanderbilt. He was 5 of 8 shooting. He had 7 rebounds off the bench. Of course, now Uros is in that starting rotation. Eason, again, as I mentioned, 24 points. Uh, he had um, he had a second-chance points for him and for LSU. Outscored Tennessee 18-5 to in that role. 
Um, after holding a seven-point lead at halftime, LSU was hot out of the gates in the second half, exploding on a 20-7 run that extended to a 20-point lead at 62-42. to But of course, Tennessee quickly chipped away, brought it to 71-66 as uh, Santiago Vescovi hit a three-pointer. But then LSU was able to pull it out and able to take control uh, of that basketball game. So, Again, I mentioned some of the point totals, 19 from uh, Chandler, 14 from Vescovy. Uh, Olivier Kumwa had nine on two of six shooting. He had seven rebounds in that game. Not a good game for Josiah Jordan-James. We'll have to see about his status as well as he exited the first half um, at Vanderbilt over the or on, on Wednesday. He just had three points in that first meeting, one of eight shooting, all three-pointers. John Fulkerson, three points, five rebounds. Zero for zero from the field. Played 17 minutes. Fulkerson, 17 minutes, did not take a shot. His three points came from the charity stripe. So, mentioned Uros Plavschitz, 12.7 rebounds. That was good. He got three from Ziegler off the bench. He just played 11 minutes. Got two from Victor Bailey Jr. Uh, he uh, Those are both of the free throw line. He just played eight minutes. Uh, Mayshak got two points. He played six minutes. Justin Powell took one shot. Thankfully, he's kind of got out of that slump. He started shooting a little bit more as well. And Brandon Huntley Hatfield had... Uh, no points in three minutes as well. So we'll have to see what that lineup will be the same lineup. Will it be, well, it can be the same starting lineup if Josiah Jordan-James is hurt, depending on his availability. Will they go small ball? Will they go three guards with Uros and Comwall? Will they stick if Triple J's healthy? Will they stick with that same that same starting five? I would. I think it worked. And you got some, uh, you got a lot of energy from John Fulkerson off the bench when he came in. And, and Tennessee almost did a wholesale change there. If you noticed, Kennedy Chandler, I think it was before the media timeout when they made their first sub against Vanderbilt there in the first half. Uh, Chandler stayed on the court, and then you brought in four for four, and Fulkerson was in that role. So this is a huge game for Tennessee. Again, Tennessee 13-5. and Just kidding. Tennessee is 12-5 and on the season, 3-3 and in SEC play. You need this win. You need this win against a ranked opponent, and you need to buck the trend. Since the win against Arizona back in December, Tennessee's gone 3-3. Three and 1-1, three. One, one, lost 1-1, one. One, one, lost 1-1, one, 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 lost 1. Tennessee needs to win two straight for the first time since before, was it, December the 22nd? That's what the Vols need. So, plenty of coverage right here on Locked On Vols. We will talk about it on Monday, of course. Plenty of football news over the weekend. We'll give you the latest with Jeremy Banks on Monday. All that and more coming up on Locked On Vols. If you want to listen to that broadcast of Tennessee and LSU, of course, it'll be on the Vol Radio Network, your Knoxville affiliates, 99.1 The Sports Animal, where I work, also 107.7 WIVK. Guys, thanks so much for making this a successful week. Again, got to do it, got to plug away. Just to get me to shut up, right? Go ahead and subscribe to YouTube. Do it for the show. The show needs you. Subscribe to YouTube. And hey, if you're there and you want to watch in the cubicle, you know, I'll I'll trim the beard up a little bit more next week and we'll try to get it better. Pretty soon, I want to start putting video B-roll over my ugly face, so we'll make this a real nice production. But you just got to let me get this podcast up off my feet, up off the ground on the YouTube first. We got to walk before we can fly. Guys, thanks so much as always for making Locked On Vols your first listen. Check out Locked On Bets now. Uh, it is your one-stop shop for all your sports wagering. Your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling, Locked On Bets, Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy does a fantastic job. Check out Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC as well. Most of all, thank you guys for making this a successful podcast, the second biggest podcast in the College Network. Hey, Auburn, we're coming for you here on Locked On Vols. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.